reformation to taxation, covering inflation, temptation, high expectations, and that dreaded stagnation. We bring to you Hit Nation. Hello, Hip Nation, and welcome to another episode. This is episode eight, energy, endurance, and unwavering persistence. I am Shay. And I'm Sarah. And we are here today with a very special guest, Francesca Amonte. Hello. Hey, Francesca. (laughs) So happy you're here, finally. Yay. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for coming. Um, I am right on. Let's just kick this right off to a good start. And why don't you tell us about yourself? Absolutely. Well, hi, my name is Francesca Mante. I'm very honored to know both Sarah and Shay from our Junior Chamber uh, chapter here in Penticton. I am an agent with Amante Real Estate in Royal LePage, Kelowna. I'm an exclusive agent for a major development in Kelowna. I'm our current national vice president for the Junior Chamber International and our past president for the local chapter here. I'm the national effective speaking <laughs> winner uh, for the Junior Chamber. Um, and then I won top three at Conference of Americas in Panama City, which was on Zoom um, for that speaking competition. And um, I just won the top three award for uh, most outstanding new member at World Congress um, just recently, which was really quite an honor. Uh, So that was neat. And then uh, essentially, I just I love to speak. Um, That was one thing that kind of caught me by surprise um, in my last couple years of my journey. So I'll be speaking in St. Louis. I just got asked by a TEDx speaker to go there to speak in 2022. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, yeah, and this past year, I got to speak for a couple uh, TEDx speakers as their closing keynotes at the North American Academy and kind of events like that. It just brings me a lot of joy and passion. Dang. Like listening to you talk about all of your accomplishments. <laughs> I'm like thinking like if I ever felt like I was accomplished, now I feel like I haven't accomplished shit. No. <laughs> no. No. You are so yeah. incredible. Oh, you're so incredible. In my brain, I just oh. kept, I'm like, you know, she's she's taking on these challenges. I always think of like mountains and challenges and she's like climbing, scaling everything, slaying it like nobody's business. And like, True. oh yeah, I reached the peak of this and I reached the peak of this and I'm pretty much just awesome. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here being like, oh my God. Like, and you're, the, the thing too is that you're you're really young. And you've got all these accomplishments. So you're proving that age isn't a restriction, which is pretty freaking amazing. It's true. And I don't know if you feel comfortable saying your age, but I I personally feel like your age is very relevant Mm -hmm. on your journey of your successful journey. So you can share it if you want to. First off, you both are way too kind. For those (laughs) that can't see my face, I'm smiling ear to ear. But I am 27. I'm turning 28 December 31st of this year. And um, but I'm an old soul. I always have been. So that's why I gravitate to people, people in their 30s to 50s, mostly are my best friends. <laughs> so yeah. what were you doing at 27? Because I know I wasn't like slaying the world. Nope. Oh, sure I, was I, was, not. I was popping out all the babies. That's what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. No. That's awesome, too. <laughs> Until you're in it. <laughs> no. But no, you're you're definitely uh, taken on the world by storm. And uh, you can see that there's no restrictions for you. So that's that's pretty incredible. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you have quite the story, though. I mean, we, we've seen you on Instagram and Facebook and, you know, followed you. But, you know, for our listeners who don't know you, we, you know, what's your past? What 
what kind of led you to where you are today and some of your history? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, some of the things I'll be sharing on this podcast I don't typically talk about, so we're going to be getting deep. Um, for those of you that... We love deep. <laughs> yeah, no, no other way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you did make this like 19 plus, but come on. <laughs> Anyways. Oh my God. So. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we'll be getting deep for sure. Um, so for those of the listeners out there that don't know me, uh, my older brother passed away at 16 years old in a car accident. Um, so being raised into a family that had lost a son, that was something that really shaped my life um, from a really young age. I never really understood why, like talk about grief, right? Like I never really understood why my parents were always sad all the time. And I didn't really understand, but all I knew is that like it was my role somehow. I don't know how this got into my head, that it was my role. I'd either take away their sadness. And then if I didn't, that they would like get rid of me. That was like my biggest fear wow. when I was younger. So um, when I was sitting on my staircases one time, I'd heard, you know, um, my mom talking on the phone and I looked at her when she got off the phone and I was like five or six. And I was like, mom, why are you and dad always sad? Hmm. And she's like, well, and she told me about my brother and how he had died in a car accident. And and how old were you at this time? I wasn't even born. Oh, oh so God. yeah, my brother and sister, like they were only a couple years apart. Um, he died at 16 and then my mom and dad tried five years to have a child finally gave up and then they had me which was crazy so um my brother's name was francesco and i was named francesca so for many years of my life i not that i felt like i was in his shadow but i definitely felt like i was this, like this weird replacement child or not replacement but like this child that was born to like fill a void and he my brother has this incredible legacy where like he would literally make everybody smile when he walked into the room he was compassionate like he apparently he was so funny like I've seen like little clips and videos and I'm just like I always remember thinking as a young child I'm like how am I going to live up to this man like everybody like when he passed like there's awards after him there's all these things in honor of what kind of impact he made in such a short time on this earth. And so anyways, as a young child, this was a huge thing that shaped me because um, it really, you'll, I'll kind of get into this later in the podcast, but it really took me on this trajectory of truly finding myself because for about 19 years of my life, I really was trying to just live to make my folks happy. That, I just wanted them to be yeah. like, you know, to, to heal, to be okay. Um, this is something that I don't really share, but when I was a young child, one of our family members that is grieving, and, you know, I have so much compassion for that. But when she left the house, she said, um, it was, we was at a dinner, and she goes, I wish you were dead and Frank were here. And I recognize that's coming from a place of grief and, you know, hurt. Um, but I remember as a young child, I looked at my mom and I was like, then why am I here? Then And she's like, no, no, like, we wanted to have you. and But it never made sense to me. Like, I was like, but then why did you, like, why am I here then if so many people miss him? And I, I can't be him. So that was my life for so long. So it really, like, a lot of my childhood was, that's why I feel like I've always been a bit of an old soul. I've seen through a lot of uh, life through the lens of grief, which makes you change your trajectory of everything. You recognize that you can, I can have a conversation with you right now, Sarah, or with you, Shay. Most people, not that's a bad thing, but they're like, maybe it's a good thing. They leave and they go, okay, see you tomorrow. I don't look at it that way. I go, I have this moment. I'm going to cherish it and be so present because I don't know what's going to happen to me tomorrow or you guys. Like, it's <laughs> that's just how our family looks at it, right? Um, but nonetheless, so as my life went on, um, there kind of came a point, and this was a huge part of my journey. I was about 19 years old, and I was like this youth leader with all mentoring youth for a couple years. And we went to this conference. And the speaker was speaking on stage and I don't know what it was that he said, but something hit me and I just burst into tears. And all these youth that knew a bit of my story, but not much, 
Um, they've never seen me cry. I was always the tough cookie. Like I was always strong for them. And this one young girl, her name was Becca, still a friend of mine. But at the time she was 16, she walked up to me and she didn't know much about my journey. I don't know where this came from. <laughs> Talk about the universe. I don't know. But she looked at me. I know your thoughts on the universe. <laughs> but she came up to me and she goes, Francesca, I think something up there is trying to tell you, you don't need to be Francesca and Francesco, but being you is enough. Mm-hmm. And it was in that exact moment that my whole life changed. I came home and I was like, mom, dad, like, I'm going to start living for me. Mm-hmm. And how I've wrote my entire life up until now, like, that's changing. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to do that. And they were like, we didn't, they didn't even know that that's the lens I was living out of. They're like, we didn't know you were doing all of this for us. And I was like, I'm going to start living for me. So that was the moment in my life where I found the most freedom. And then, yeah, and that kind of stems off into the rest of what I'll be sharing later in the podcast. But that's a huge part of what makes me who I am today, for sure. God damn. That is mm-hmm. like, that is so deep and impactful. And like, for parents that are listening, this is like so monumental for your connection with your children is like, grief is huge. And as adults, we've lived through it or we've seen something. Sometimes we don't recognize that our kids haven't. And so what I take from this, other than that, this is a huge impact on where you are today and it explains like a lot of behind the scenes of why you're so driven and why you're so successful and why you do appreciate life so much but also for our kids is like checking in with them you know making sure that you have that relationship and you're you know not living day to day but that you're like connecting and you know exactly what's going on because you know your life could have been so much more different but you know, you're you're taking it the way that it is and you look at how you've blossomed from something that was maybe a little bit darker in the beginning. Yeah. So out, out of the darkness, great things bloom, right? Oh, <laughs> oh she's getting deep. deep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <Sheena>. Anyway. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, you know, what after that pivotal moment where you, you know, you changed your perspective and you're like i'm gonna start living for me what was your next step well i mean so much in my life changed after that like there's um i mean one of the biggest things and kind of to explain a bit about my background too like when i was younger i was like heavily involved in sports mm-hmm. um so i always think back to the analogy of the ice i was a figure skater for years from the time i was like four till about 2021 or sorry not the year of 2021 the age of 20 <laughs> slash 21 um i competed in figure skating i competed in tap ballet jazz point uh, lyrical that was like a massive part um so kind of like up until that point it was just always about like how hard are you working like it was it was always about the drive for my family at least like you know if I would go to school I would go to skating from like six to eight in the morning I'd go to school I'd come home and it was skating then you'd be in the dance studio until everybody figured out the damn dance routine and (laughs) one kid's talking in the back you're there at the studio for an extra two hours you know have an eight for six hours like it was just that was my life you come home you practice the piano you get up you go to swimming class and you do it over and over and over over again I literally can remember maybe three or four play dates in my entire childhood because they were few and far between whoa so that was like such a massive part of you know um when I talk about persistence right like unwavering persistence I think about my coach Sherry who's a dear friend of mine till this day she's in her 40s um and she's seen me through every chapter of my journey including my divorce marriage everything um and you know Sherry always talked to me about how 
like we use the analogy of the ice, like that ice is far from forgiving. You fall down and it's hard as like it's it's tough as nails and you have to get back up and you just keep trying. And much of that, like life, you know, there's so many chapters that are, um, how would I word it? Um, they're far from forgiving. You know, we lose loved ones. We say goodbyes that we never thought we'd have to say goodbye. We have our hearts broken. We, whatever it is in our life. But, you know, it's similar to that of the ice. You just you get back up. It's your choice how how quickly you want to get back up. But um, <laughs> grateful for that background because now, um, to answer your question, Shay, where all of this brought me to, um, every single part of my journey until this day, especially on, in the midst of like saying goodbye to people that, uh, you know, it's heart-wrenching saying goodbye to people that you love along the way. Um, if it wasn't for me understanding my brother's journey and then like my sport background, I probably wouldn't be able to do it like I have been. Mm-hmm. Just has brought me a greater understanding of like how to deal with things when curveballs are thrown your way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, essentially after that point of 19, um, I was working for a company named Clinique. Um, I, I graduated at 16 years old, six months early. And um, I was skating. Six months early? Yeah. So I'm born at the end of the year and I was never held back. So um, because I'm the youngest in my grade, being born on the last day of the year, um, I was only 16 when I graduated. Whoa. Yeah. So fun fact. <laughs> um, so I graduated early and I just skated my ass off all the time. <laughs> Pardon the French. And then I got offered to work at a place called Clinique. If you're not familiar with that, it's a cosmetic company. Yeah. And I essentially worked there. And um, and then I ended up um, moving up with the company and I would travel all over. We went to, I pretty much was 17 years old at the Four Seasons or the Fairmont Pacific getting my paper delivered to me and my breakfast to my door. Yeah. And I was like training these consultants in these, you know, conference rooms. I remember thinking to myself, man, this is kind of cool. Uh, so I did that for a while. And then um, in 2014, I got engaged. So I wanted to, you know, stay a little bit more closer to home. And that's kind of the next part of the journey that I'll be talking about. But um one thing I do want to share, if I may, because yeah. we were you guys talk so much about like uh, entrepreneurship and management, leadership, and all that. One thing that I never forgot and has always stuck with me: I was like 17 years old. It's kind of a cute moment. I was working at Clinique, and this rep came. His name's Corey Waters. Love him till this day. And he came, and he came from Vancouver, and he goes, "Francesca, how's like your counter sales going?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, I, I think good." And I'd been at the counter for six months, and he's like, "Okay." He's like, and blah, blah, blah. He's asking me some questions. He goes, you know, how's your DBA? I'm like, a DBA what? He's like, <laughs> your daily business record. I'm like, oh, I don't have a daily business record. He's like, do you know what your goals are every month? I'm like, uh, no. He's like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, uh, well, you know, my clients come to the counter and I just make sure they have what they need and I follow up with them. And I was like, why are you asking? Like, am I in trouble? <laughs> he goes, uh, no, but this counter has been below sales for years. In the last six months, you've exceeded your target, mm. like substantially every single month. So we just want to know what you're doing. And I was like, I don't know. I'm just I'm just there for my clients. And I just genuinely get what they need and wow. make sure I follow up. And anyways, that's kind of where they kind of took me on a different trajectory with the company. And I started working alongside them, which was really cool. But um that moment always stuck with me that if you take care of the people, the numbers don't matter. Like the books don't matter. And that's something that Corey said. He's like, I am my thirties. He's like, you just reminded me that this daily business record means shit. (laughs) That if we just look at people in the eye and follow up with them and like, I would invite like my elderly clients to my skating competitions or to like, you know, tea or whatever. And then you build this relationship. Yeah. They're, you know, they only buy maybe a smaller quantity. I didn't care. I loved the person. Right. So um, anyways, that was a moment, you know, there's so many moments throughout your journey that remind you 
like, okay, that's what I have to remember no matter yep. where my journey takes me or how big things get, you know, mm-hmm. remember the small things. Um, so, yeah. Do you want me to talk about like my journey from like the engagement onward? Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So in 2014, I got engaged um, and um, yeah, grateful for that. Cause like as an Italian family, they're not really keen on you leaving the house unless there's some kind of engagement in the work. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so happy. <laughs> Sorry, mom and dad love you both, but my God, a bird's got to leave the nest. Uh, so that's cool. Anyway, so I got engaged. And, uh, at that time I remember I, I looked at my folks and I was like, Hey, look, I know this is crazy, but I want to invest in something. They're like, all right, what do you want to invest in Francesca? I was like a house. Like, I want to invest in a house. They're like, you're 20. I'm like, yeah, but I just feel like I might as well do it now. The market's going to raise. I don't know. So I called this agent. I should have. Now I know better. But you don't just call an agent off the sign. You should do your homework on what agent you want to use. But whatever. I called this agent off the sign. I'm like, hey, look, I want to buy this house like today. Anyway, she's like, oh, okay, sure. Sounds good. Meets me at my house. I have no idea. I mean, God bless the agent. But she told me to put an unconditional offer because there's so much interest I mean, whatever. (laughs) I'm like, I should have been a little bit more careful, but I don't care because it got me into that house. And the reason I'm saying this is that um, you guys, and if you've looked into the previous podcast, which I just recently did, and they talk a lot about energy and the universe and Sarah's like cute view view on it. But I'm a huge believer. (laughs) I'm a huge believer in the universe. Um, And uh, so this, what I'm about to share with you, it's really cool that like, I always believe nothing happens by accident. So essentially... If I hadn't gotten engaged, I wouldn't have um, had the idea to get that house, got that house. I never let like stopped being in touch with the agent that the house was sold to me, us by. And so I followed up with her. I was like, look, I'm painting this and blah, blah, blah. Because I kept in touch with her in 2015, she calls me. She goes, hey, I want to see you in my office. I'm like, okay. And at this time, I had a really fantastic position with Clinique. I was traveling and loved my job. Um, but she calls me into her office and what's, what's going on? She goes, well, I want to offer you a job to be my assistant. What? I was like, no. <laughs> and she's like, no, I think you'd really like it. You know what? Just start part-time. If you don't like it, no sweat. I walk into this Royal LePage office and I'm like, huh. I, I knew it. I fell in love with it. I loved the broker. I loved the people. I loved the, just everything. It took what I was doing before to like a whole nother level. Um, so in 2016, I had just gotten married. Um, Marsha was engaged and I had just gotten married and I started working as an agent, uh, not as an agent, as an agent's assistant. And I, I just thought to myself, oh my gosh, like all these pieces that had fallen into place to get me to that moment. I was like, mm-hmm. wow, you know. So then I'm, you know, working in there. And then I remember, you know, the day where my life changed and I, you know, my divorce happened and everything like that. Um, I got married at 22 years old and was divorced at 23. We were together for four years and the person's amazing. It's just, we weren't meant to be together and that's okay. Um, it's it's such a gift, the the time that you get to spend with people in your life. Right. But what was really cool when my divorce happened is that like, you know, at 23 years old, like you don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. You really don't. And then when that happens, you're like, oh my gosh, but that office was just my rock. It was everything. And I literally from that day onward, um, I called my boss at the time, which is a different agent. Uh, and uh, I said, look, like, this is what happened. And I'm on my way to the office. And I'm just sobbing. He's like, you need to go home. I'm like, okay, but then I'm going to take calls from home because his phone was call forwarded to me. I just did not want to stop working. <laughs> but I showed up at work the next day and I did not take a day off for a year and a half. Wow. I Whoa. was the first to get to the office every morning and I was the last to leave. Roger Love, if you're in the audience listening, I know I set the alarm <laughs> off at 11, 10, 59 p.m., so many nights, um, but I don't regret a single moment of it. And I'm very grateful for that element of my journey. 
this is where it gets interesting. So in 2018, I had given my notice to the agent I was working with. Um, amazing human that I got to work with. But something was calling me to clone and I didn't really understand why. And then one of my cousins was like, well, your brother always wanted to live in Kelowna. That was his dream. And I was like, no way. Cool. So I put it out to the universe. I said, look, I'm quitting my job and I don't know what's next. I do not have a plan, but you're going to show me because I've never been, I've never applied for a job. I've always had them offered to me. Hmm. And I got a call from, you know, two amazing agents in Kelowna and they were like, hey, we want you to work for you. We want to work with you. And they'd been following my Instagram journey and they had commented and said, hey, like you should come work with us one day. But we finally met and that came about and I left and I left, you know, an amazing office family, a solid position. I was actually working for two developers at the time as their developer's assistant for two developments, as well as working full time for that top producing agent. That was the seven days a week thing. Uh, So I left to Kelowna and this is the interesting part. So I leave. And I say goodbye. They had this huge going away thing. It was heart-wrenching to leave. And I was working for these two agents, and I love them dearly to this day. They're incredible people. At the time, um, I had only worked for them for two months, and then they let me go. Um, And was I ready for the position? Probably not. Was I my best self post-divorced? No, because I had my house up for sale. Like, everything was changing. Because when I had left a Kelowna, I thought, well, put the house up on the market, put an offer on a house there. I got to, you know move move my things along right so anyways two months later they let me go and I'll never forget it I went down the elevator with my little box of things and they didn't have enough hours for me and and there was a whole bunch of elements they're like we just don't think this is the right timing I was like no I know I can feel that too and I had to trust it but still I was just like well crap so I'm going down the elevator I remember driving over the bridge just sobbing looking over my right shoulder thinking will I ever go back to Kelowna so I get home (laughs) My best friend will love this. I get home and it was October 31st of 2018. She was supposed to come over to watch like a Halloween movie and, you know, do just have some girl time. But of course she cuts into my house and I'm curled up in the fetal position on the couch and I'm just, I'm beside myself. And she just looks at me and she goes, yeah, this is not the energy I was expecting to walk into. <laughs> so uh, you just need to get over your shit and you're going to be fine. And I'm going to go hang out with my other friend because I just want to have like a light evening. I'm like, okay. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> she's like, just get up and go to the gym tomorrow. Everything will be fine. But in that moment, I remember thinking to myself, I'm not a wife. My house is for sale. Mind you, this house that I had an offer on in Kelowna collapsed that very same day. Like physically collapsed? No, like the oh. deal collapsed. Okay. Because my house hadn't sold in time. Like, literally everything around me had crushed. I had just let go, been let go from a job. And I was like, I literally am at a blank slate. There is nothing. Like, I do not have anything defining who Francesca is. In that moment, it felt like the most devastating feeling. But it was, that's, that's like another level of that freedom of, like, I get to figure out who the heck I am. Mm-hmm. So the next morning, I took her advice. I got over it. <laughs> and I listened to Tony Robbins and I listened to Steve Harvey. And of course, Tony Robbins' thing is you just make it happen and you will make it happen until it happens. So I was like, I don't care if I have to drive to Kelowna every damn day until I am working and living in Kelowna to prove to the universe that my house is going to sell. I'm going to find a house there. So I did. I, I, I left. Um, I drove there and... Um, I was I was like, you know what, maybe I'll get like a pass at Spinco or something, right? So I walk up there, they were closed. I said, fine. So I went downstairs and down below Spinco is Lululemon. And I've been using Lululemon products for years because of figure skaters. So I walk in and I'm like, hey, do you know when Spinco's opening up? And I don't know what possessed me, but I opened my mouth. I said, 
are you guys hiring? Like, I've never asked that question in my life. Oh, that's bad, but I just never have. And they're like, we do our last group interview tomorrow. We're interviewing like 20 people. Did you want to come? I'm like, uh, sure. So I showed up (laughs) and out of those people, they chose me. I'm like, okay, universe, you're talking to me. Obviously, this is meant to happen. If you don't know, they're an, Lulu's an incredible um, company, not to mention community. So I thought maybe this is meant to happen. I can work here while I'm studying for my exam. And it gives me a reason to drive to Kelowna every fucking day. Yeah. Until I live there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did. And everything just started falling into place. But um, there's like, you know how we talk about like surrendering? Mm-hmm. Do, you want, do you want me to share about like the surrendering of the house? So this is... I'm just going to share this. So, like, what happened was um, I was, like, living, I was working in Kelowna, and I was getting to a point where, um, how would I describe it? Like, things were starting to fall into place. Like, I was studying really hard for my real estate exam, so I was getting closer to that. But my house just wasn't selling. And I got home this one day, and I just, like, I sat at the edge of my staircase, and I was just, you know, tears rolling down my eyes, and I was like universe god like just i need this house to sell like i need this like especially when you go through a divorce like you want those past remnants just to be gone so you can start a new chapter mm-hmm. and i finally surrendered in that moment i'm like you know what look i gotta make peace with this house i gotta just have fun in it in the last like you know decorate it with christmas stuff you know love it one last time and then maybe you know it'll finally leave my grasp and it did the next day we got an offer on the house and i thought wow talk about surrendering but i just want to share this quote with you because I think this is a huge part of my journey. So in this book that I love, um, my friend Dewey, um, she works at headquarters at Lulu. She had bought this book for me. And what's, my, the, what's the title of the book? So it's called The Path Made Clear by Oprah Winfrey. And she quotes so many incredible speakers throughout the book. Um, and she quotes Michael Bernard Beckwith. And they're having a conversation. And Michael says, once you release your grasp, then you give up your resistance and then which is for you will come to you. And Oprah says, aha, that's the aha moment. Because when you want it, want it, want it, it doesn't show up. He goes, exactly. Yes, your message to the universe. Yes, Sarah, universe. <laughs> In that moment is I want it, I want it, I want it, which is translating to I don't have it, I don't have it, I don't have it. So you can't receive it. And Oprah goes, oh, so you end up blocking your own blessing that way. He goes, exactly. And that was the moment for me that with anything in my life, the second I'm trying too hard or I'm chasing something or I think to myself, I know what's best for me. That's when I just release my grasp and go, I need to surrender. And it always takes me back to that moment of trying to sell my house that when you just give up and say, you know what, I whatever's meant to come will come. Yep. Right. Yeah. Stop trying. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So that's a cool. little. Yeah. That's so deep. I just put it in my Amazon basket. <laughs> <laughs> the book? Yeah. <laughs> right on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't help it's it. It's so good. Like when you hear something super good or it, it comes into your life, you're just like, hmm. Yeah, I need that advice. For sure. <laughs> Oprah's a very wise woman, too. She's yeah, amazing. And like, Her, even though I shun the universe, <laughs> <laughs> um, she's very smart. And I've taken a lot of her advice yeah. in the past. Like she's, yes. she's amazing. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, what happened next? Yeah, so that was yeah around that time, uh, my house finally sold, and then um, I put an offer on a house in West Kelowna, and that's where I live till this day, and I love it. Mm-hmm. I look out to the water, and it's peaceful. And thank gosh, I bought when I did. This market is insane. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> but um, you know, it, it's crazy when I think about the people that I was meant to meet, and this goes back to where I believe the universe comes into play. 
every single person that I've met on my journey, like even there was one event I got invited to at the Kona Yacht Club. It was for this 100 Heroes That Care event. If I hadn't gotten to know this one particular person, I wouldn't have ended up in that room. This other individual, which is an agent, wouldn't have approached me, which is I wouldn't have ended up in a certain office, which changed the trajectory of my mm. real estate career because they were the ones that encouraged me, like, do get your license. Like, you know, you can do this and whatever. And when I was studying for my exam, that was the hugest thing. My mind toyed with me so much. I was like, I can't do this. Like, and, you know, like I know Les Brown always talks about, he's like, he lived in his head for like 14 years because he would go and see these speakers, but he would come home and his mind would say, you can't do that, Les Brown. And if you know, that's motivational yeah. speaker, but I love him. And I lived in my head, you know, everything around me, I was living in my heart, but my, when it came to my exam, I was just living in my head. So I remember I took it the first time. I was so close, mere percentage away and I failed, but I was glad I failed. Cause I'm like, no, I need to like really prove that I want this so bad. Like, let's do this again. So on the second time I passed, course um but i remember those moments leading up to that exam that i thought my gosh like like i remember it's just so funny when you think about how there was a version of yourself that prayed to be exactly where you are today you hope that you'd be exactly where you are today mm-hmm. i mean i look at you too and like everything that you're doing right and like all the defeats all of the challenges all the obstacles that brought you to where you are today like any of those moments where you're like, oh my gosh, can I do this? Let me look at where you guys are. You're amazing. Oh my God. You make us sound like we're celebrities <laughs> or something. Jesus. <laughs> but my observation up to. is that you are comfortable with the concept of failure. Like yes. you've lived it, you've plugged through it, and you know that, you know, failure is just another factor of life. That's what I perceive is that, yeah, yeah. I can, yeah. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's a mindset. And that is definitely developed. And you can see that like there's a different comparison level that people that have gone through failures and persisted like Mm -hmm. you have, you have a different perspective on life. So it's like, oh, fuck that. I'm going to go for whatever I want to go for. This is this is my goal. This is what I want to go for. And I'm fucking driven regardless of what's going to happen. Failure is just a portion of the journey. It's just a part of Amen. the journey. Just keep plugging. Absolutely. So, you know, for those people that are, like you said, you were just stuck in your head while you were doing your exam. Yeah. What What can people do to get out of that? What can they, like, how can they get past that and continue on? Like, I think when you're stuck in that failure mode, yeah, it's really hard to get past it. Totally. So what do you do? Um, well, I mean, it, it, I think that, recognizing that that's not going to come at one part of your journey and then just disappear. Like Mm -hmm. it's going to keep showing up and you just have to know how to mitigate it. So, um, you know, when my divorce happened, oh, that was a huge one. (laughs) You're either going to live in your head or you're going to drop down to your heart. I have a life coach and I love her dearly. She always talks about, get out of your head, Francesca, drop down to your heart. When you're in your head, nothing works. The bus is being driven by either the ego, it's being driven by Mm -hmm. all these different elements that are not going to serve you. So the second that I drop down to my heart, I'm like, I'm so, like, all of a sudden I go, I'm so grateful to be here because gratitude rules my life. I wake up and I'm like, I'm I'm grateful to be here. And hey, I'm just grateful to be writing this exam. I have the ability to see, to write, to understand. And once you're in that space, you're like, well, I guess it really doesn't matter what happens because I'm, you know, and I think when people talk about, they're like, oh, I'm so nervous for this interview. I'm like, why? Walk into that room and recognize that your only purpose in this moment is to bless the people around you. You're going to make somebody smile, somebody laugh, or someone roll their eyes. Like, <laughs> oh, well, like that's that's the only thing. That's a gift of you just being in their presence. Anything that happens, whether you get the job or you don't, it's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. 
right? Um, so I would say that anytime that you are in that mode of like fa- fear of failure, recognizing mm-hmm. that um, get out of your head, drop down to your heart and, and just even say out loud three things that you're grateful for. So in that moment, what I would do, I there was, you know, I would just be like, I am worthy of writing this exam. I'm worthy of being a real estate agent. I'm worthy of living my dream. And I'm so grateful to be able to have this opportunity to do that. And I mean, once you say those couple of things out loud, I mean, my either you just believe it's bullshit or if you really feel those words, you're like, okay, let's do this, right? I mean, I think one of our biggest killers is it's ourselves. I think there's a, there's a quote Da Vinci talks about. If there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can't do us no harm. Mm. And one of my biggest um, life lessons has been the second I stop giving a shit about what everybody else thinks, my life just got 10 million times better. Damn, yes. Because I lived my entire 19 years caring about what my parents thought yeah, or what a religious organization that they were a part of thought. And I said, fuck that. And then I cared about what do they, what do the agents in the office care? Uh, you know, what do they think? A second that you remove and delete, it's, it's all patterns, right? It's we are we're born into these certain patterns and rhythms that were either taught by our parents or just from you know different you know bloodlines or whatever. And then once you kind of delete those, you start living your life so much more clear. I'm going to give a really good example of that about the failure failure part. When I um, left Penticton, I left like a, a group of people that were very very close to me. A lot of agents I love dearly until this day. They're great. They're great humans. However, when I got let go from that particular job, and there was that little couple months section of when I was studying for my exam, I didn't have a title or a, you know, a big logo attached to my name. There were certain people that fell away, and I thought this is really interesting, because and that's not a bad thing. But some people are very attached to well. What money do you make? Mm-hmm. What's your What's your brand? What's your brokerage? Mm-hmm. And I, I I thought it mattered. And there was a portion of time I thought, oh my gosh, well, why am I not worthy enough of them like wanting to keep in touch? It didn't matter. And now I look, and these people eventually do come back. They're like, oh hey, you know, <laughs> I'm like, hey, what's up? And that's okay. But I think that what's really cool in those moments, I was able to recognize that um, if you truly love who you are and you're very, very certain of the journey that you're on and where you're going, it's not going to matter what anyone else thinks. Yeah. Someone could say to you, Sarah, you're meant to be doing this, isn't it? Here you go, no, because I'm living. You know to your core, you and I know this, you're living your like your dream. This is your vision. It's so clear. I mean, the energy in the air, like you can tell it's so genuine. Mm-hmm. But there could be a thousand haters out there that could say differently. You know to your core. You're exactly where you're meant to be, right? Um, so that was like a huge, that's a huge part of yeah. what has kept me strong through the failure part. Your vibe definitely attracts your tribe. Mm. Yes. <laughs> that's a shout out to Tracy. Man Tracy. <laughs> but it genuinely does because you're absolutely right. When you are at your lowest point or you have nothing, mm-hmm. it's those people that are still there or that come into the picture that actually matter. Like one of the yes. most humbling moments was when I was like, I'm going back to school. I'm going to be a student. Mm -hmm. You know, you go from this position where you're like, you've got a lot and people hmm, are forced to respect you in that position. (laughs) I would say they do. It depends on how you approach it. But um, and then you go to this low moment and suddenly you start attracting people that are like, you know, and those are the people that will vibe with you till you reach that position again. And um, you can definitely see that in your life. Like the people that you attract are like everywhere. It's contagious. People like mm-hmm. seek out your energy and you just like, you know, even before they meet you, you listen to Francesca's speeches. If you go they're on, like she's done some TED Talks. So I if, haven't done a TED Talk yet. Oh, I've intro. Spoke, I've yes. like been asked to speak as a closing keynote yeah. for TED 
TED speakers, yes. but I am in the process of putting a TED talk together. I just want to make sure I watched, I watched yeah. one and I thought it said TED talk on it and you were, was it? It's because like, there was a speaker that was oh, okay. a TED speaker. Absolutely. But, yeah. yeah. So, um, but I've listened to Francesca speak and it's contagious. Like you just want Aww. to be there because you can see the passion. And when you're like, you see that people are passionate. It's just like when you watch Sarah work, I'm like, She's like an artist and she's in, in love with her, her development. And it's changed a lot more. Now it's more about the business. Like you can see her passion in the business and how things are migrating. But you're attracted to people that are like that, that are so passionate about one thing. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so you definitely attract your tribe that way. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Shay. Yeah. And I think too, you'll you find that you will, that all of the moments that were not always like peachy and like, you know, everything was perfect like those are the moments that people respect the most out of mm -hmm. you because i think that there's almost like this taboo culture of like let's not talk about the failures it's like no let's talk about them mm -hmm. every yeah. entrepreneur that i know that i respect the heck out of they are so tough because of all the things that they've been through mm -hmm. i mean if you look at steve harvey steve harvey harvey was homeless for countless years and you look at his I journey love him oh my gosh i oh, listen to him every day and when I listened to him, it's just a, such a reminder that like, oh, like he would not be who he is if he just woke up and everything was just perfect. No one would respect that. Yeah. Because it's not relatable. Right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was, um, I want me to share like, just like kind of on the defeat aspect. Mm -hmm. Like, I think like, I mean, I'm sure you guys are familiar with this, but when it comes to like, you know, being an entrepreneur, a business owner or whatever, a sole proprietor. Like one of the biggest things that people don't talk about are like those moments where like I remember I'm like I have nothing really left in the bank account because expenses are high and commissions haven't come in or it's a dry patch. That's OK. That's normal. Yeah. And it makes the successes. I mean, this year I remember, you know, a couple of commission checks that came in. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm holding this amount on a check in my hand all at once. How is this happening? It makes you appreciate those moments 10 times more. Right. Um, this past year, actually, um, there was, um, there was about $20,000 that was withheld, um, from me from like a couple deals or whatever from, you know, at the time people that I had really, really trusted. And it was a, such a hard thing to swallow this past year. I was like, cause you just care so much about the people. It's not even about the money, but to those people, maybe that, that mounts pennies. But to me, it was so much. I was like, I would be honored to have that amount that I worked so hard for. Um, but I remember when I was talking to one of the builders that I work with and uh, he said to me, he goes, Francesca, he says, this moment is so cool. And I said, why? And he's like, because he's like, I just added some, another dimension to your story about that. There are some, you know, <laughs> some interesting moments out there and this industry is tough as nails and not every moment's going to be something that you're going to be stoked about. He says, but um, anyways, he, he just described to me some of the things in his life. And he said, Francesca, he's like, those are the moments that are going to make you pretty darn tough mm -hmm. and you know i always say that anytime that something is either you know withheld or taken or whatever the universe usually has a way of putting something back in in this particular year there was someone that i was working alongside that looked at me and said hey you weren't the listing agent on this house but you did so much work and i want to give you a check of the same amount that those people took from you wow whoa hmm. of twenty thousand to say hey this is wow. our way of saying we're sorry you had to go through that, but thank you for your service that we didn't even ask you to do and you gave to our clients, other clients. Damn. Um, and I just like bawled. I was like, oh my gosh. You know? That's so crazy. <laughs> 
I don't even know what I would do with twenty thousand. I'd probably be like Bieber and just blow it all in one no. day. Oh no, I literally would like you would see like a Carlton dance come for me. Like, it's unusual. Carlton, but dance. it would be so good. Like it's just those moments where you're just like flying high for sure. Yeah, my mom calls them campfire stories when you go through like moments that test your energy and your your ability to to make it through she calls them campfire stories because she's like you know you sit down around a fire and you tell scary stories yeah <laughs> you tell terrifying stories and then they usually have a good outcome you not always but they're the moments that you really bond because the being around a fireplace or a fire pit has always been a bonding moment in yes. every culture so true yeah so she she always compares it to that and she's like you know when something bad happens i'll be just super frustrated and she'll be like no, it's fine. You just got another campfire story. I like, love that. That's so okay. Sweet. Okay. I love it. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah, beautiful. But where where are you going now? Like what is your next endeavor? What 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 do you see coming up in the next little bit here for you? Okay. Well, um, oh god. <laughs> Deep question. Um, I love being a real estate agent. It's not so much about really the hype of the industry. I just love helping people. Brings me back to my clinique days of just, you know, encountering every single person's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited for the you know the more people that are meant to meet. I do find I most of the people that I attract in the industry, oddly enough, are a lot of women that have just recently been divorced. Mm. That I'm like, tell me about yourself. And they're like, well, I just went through a divorce. I'm like, ah, that's where we're meant to meet. That's awesome. <laughs> I'll take good care of you. Let's chat. And we're going to just make this a super happy, loving experience. But I'm um, just excited for the people I'm meant to meet. Um, my my goal in real estate, um, I mean, obviously, I'm very thankful for the development that I'm working alongside. It's a 103-lot subdivision. It's just, it's it's beautiful. I'm so grateful for the builders, the developers. It's been this incredible experience. Um, I'm excited for more developments to come in the future. I'm ex- I, I do tend to take on a lot more on the, the luxury real estate side of things. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, expanding in that um, area. And so, because this has only been my first year technically on my own as an agent. So um, I'm excited for more of that. But a big thing, I'm um, working on a TED talk right now, which is really exciting. Um, what's the topic? Um, can you say? No. Okay. okay, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's really exciting. For, I'm, I'm really honored for that. And then also to um, this TED spe- TEDx speaker that um, I got to speak as his closing keynote last year. Um, that's flying me out to St. Louis this year. I'm just really excited to work alongside um, himself and all of his partners as well in future and just kind of see where that goes. I'm not opposed to you know, being an agent that also travels and speaks, uh, that's kind of something that I'm kind of like in the works of kind of making happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some other things that I guess maybe I'll share closer to when they're actually happening. Sure. But oh. on the whole, um, I love just being around people that are like-minded. So Sarah and Shay are a really great example of that. And all of my JCI <laughs> colleagues, because um, when you're doing things with people that just genuinely care about others, I mean, this life is just so much more fulfilling. Oh, mm-hmm. well said. Yes. I, I, just got, yes. Look at, I got chills. <laughs> and I want to share this with you guys because this is a huge part of, of where you're saying, like, where I'm going. So two things. There's a mentor that I look up to dearly, and he's the one that had I had gotten this essence from. He always says, if you take care of the work, the work takes care of you. And one thing he had said was, if you face tune a nap of yourself, like that, that face tune nap, mm-hmm. and do it of yourself to be like 80 years old. So anyways, what I had done, I face tune nap, uh, face tune myself to the age of 80, frame that and put it on the desk. And I look at 
future me every single day. Because if I don't work my ass off for that person, that person's going to come back in time and kick my ass. What? So if I look at, <laughs> I'm sorry, Steve, but oh my goodness. <laughs> like that is so motivational right there. Oh, Steve, shit. the sound guy for the record. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no clapping. I'm like, too bad. <laughs> Steve, the sound guy or Steve Harvey? No, Steve, the sound guy. Sound guy. <laughs> he hates it when we clap. I love it. I love it. Um, so I, looking at that 80-year-old photo of myself, if I don't work my ass off, that person's going to come back in time and kick my ass. So future me, like that's who I got to work for every single day. So, you know, regardless of where the journey is taking me or who I'm meant to meet along the way or what, you know, obstacles and opportunities are going to come my way as long as I'm working my ass off for that person that deserves the the future that I want her to live. That's what I'm wanting to do every day. And uh, I just, I want her to be able to look back and smile year to year and say, you know what? She really gave it her all. And she didn't leave any stone unturned. She didn't take anyone for granted. And, you know. Yeah. This, uh, first of all, what's this fellow's name? Your mentor? Oh, no. So um, I have two business coaches and a life coach. This particular person actually is Ryan Serhant. Oh, he's just someone. My hero to you. Yeah, he's my like he's ultimate yeah. mentor role model in not only our industry, but I just think in general yeah. in this world, I think that the way that he looks at things and how he executes himself. So when he had talked about that, I thought to myself, man, that is just like. So anyways, the second I did that and it's been a while now and I look at that photo and I'm like how can you waste a day like that's where we're headed we're gonna get yeah. there before we know it right actually steve harvey talks about how he's like you don't want to get to your deathbed and around your deathbed there's all these unlived potentials and all yeah. these gifts that had come to you and they say we came to you but only you could have given us life and it's like how do you want to feel when you're at your deathbed and you, you all these things that you could have done that you knew you could have done but you procrastinate you said no i don't believe in myself i don't want to be there mm-hmm. So I just want to live every single day that I have here on this earth to the fullest. I think something that's pretty useful is like when I was younger, they had um, moments that you could step in and help. It's a little different now with COVID. So you'd have to go through a different process. But uh, when I was young, they had where you could step in and go visit elderly or you could. So when I was younger, I was a hairdresser. Mm -hmm. And one of our things is we got to go in and cut hair for cancer patients and elderly. And I think this is crucial for our younger demographic because until you hear their experiences and there was that was reciprocated by many of them where it was like, you know, you know what I regret? The things that I didn't do or the chances I didn't take or how many times I got upset or, you know, not forgiving people over ridiculous things like living with regret is like the worst way to go out. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. Just so true. Just you know, listen. So there's a there's a reason why they say to like, you know, get um, advice from the people around you and learn from their stories and those people that know more, but also consult the older ones. Yes, they're smart. We have so much to learn from them. Ah, heck yes. Mm-hmm. I mean. Like, I'll still swear and cuss and do whatever the hell I want to do, but I'll still take their advice. <laughs> Coming from a girl who says... Fork nuggets. Fork nuggets <laughs> on toast. <laughs> well, it's... Okay. I, I, there's a reason for it. I have a five-year-old, and she she's very perceptive on things. The other day, she puts, like... She's walking around, and it's cold outside, and she's like, oh, mom, it's freaking cold. Like, I can't have her go to school and say That's that. That's so funny. Like, yeah. I, they'd be like, um, so, Mrs. Duggan, let's talk about this. And I'd be like... <laughs> 
Oh, I see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, how do you explain that? But no, like, you know, we're still going to be the people that we want to be on the inside. But yeah, you need to. But you're actively sourcing out positive information and influences around you. Mm -hmm. You're seeking that out. And that's such a positive perspective to have. You're not living in negativity. And not only are you seeking it out, but it it like oozes out of you. Oh, yeah. Like you when you were talking about um, gratitude being a part of your life and like every part of your life, essentially, (laughs) it's so obvious. And anybody who knows you, like if I speak to anyone who doesn't know you, which there aren't very many people, by the way, (laughs) um, the first thing that I always tell them is how gracious and and full of gratitude you are. Like it. I'm not even trying to like, you know, I am trying to be nice, but I'm not, that's not the purpose of what I'm saying. It's just like anyone who doesn't know you, who meets you, it's, it's a true privilege to be in, in the presence of somebody who has so much gratitude and we all have lessons to learn from that. And it's contagious as hell. It is. I was a negative Nancy before I started hanging out with you. And like, it's so contagious because, you know, your, your perspective changes, like, I was raised very religious, but my mom used to always say, like, bad association spoils useful habits, like, associate with those people that are good, right? And then, so, negative Nancy all the time, when life gets you down, you're just, like, stuck in your own head, and you get around people that are super positive, and suddenly, life is shitty when you get home, and the dog's chewing up everything, and the kids are screaming everywhere, and you've got a to-do list a mile and a half long, and suddenly, you're like, look at, like, my kids are growing up. They've got a roof over the head, food on the table, so yes. much to be happy for. And you just don't, Your lens you don't really, yeah, you don't realize that it's who you're hanging out with. You don't need to like focus on the negativity. You're like, you know, life is good. It's a privilege. But, I love that shit. And there's uh, Mel Robbins says what you appreciate, appreciates. Oh, dang. I'm going to say that one more time. What you appreciate, appreciates. Yes. And like, hmm. I can see it in the both of you. You appreciate good people. You appreciate like giving back you appreciate all of these beautiful things i mean it's been multiplying for you like tenfold day by day by day right well, it kind of is very similar to the one that you just mentioned where you said you take care of the work and yeah. the work takes care of you Absolutely. like it's, it's all kind of the same yeah idea it's yeah, yeah. good shit it's good <laughs> shit i could not agree more sarah i'd like to quote her and trademark that <laughs> this is good shit sarah tucker <laughs> yeah. and I, I do want to leave off on on a note for any of you guys listening that the biggest lesson that i've learned in the midst of my life whether it was from my brother's passing or from the different things that have brought me to where i am in my journey is the fact that if you look through the lens of the fact that you will only get this moment once, mm. I'm only going to be able to sit here in this particular moment at Hip Nation with Sarah and Shay. This is this is, moment's never coming back. If you look at every moment through that lens, um, your whole like nothing will ever be the same. You're never going to have a conversation with someone and go, when's this over? like you're gonna say to the barista thank you for for my coffee i hope you have a wonderful day everything's gonna change the the gray sky is not gonna look gray because you're like wow like i got to experience gray sky today i don't know i mean that's a bit cheesy but my point (laughs) is like oh wait but um that that's been one of my greatest lessons and i think that any time that someone comes across my path or i have the pleasure of meeting somebody or reconnecting with someone like I, i don't take it for granted and I certainly don't ever like take their presence um, in my life for granted. I just I just cherish every 
every moment that I get with them. But I think when we're able to look through that lens, it won't matter what failure or what defeat comes your way. You're going to, it just, everything, everything changes before you. It's um, spoken like a true motivational speaker, by Mm -hmm. the way, (laughs) but also um, it's so obvious that you truly do believe that. And I think a lot of people um, I know personally, myself even, and a lot of people in my life could really learn a few lessons from your words um, and your words. The the things that you believe in truly reflect in your professional career and your professional life as well. Like you, you can see that you're being rewarded for how you're treating people and how you're not taking them for granted. Like mm-hmm. you're doing the exact opposite. And that's, that's been very rewarding for you. Thank you. And um, just a pleasure to watch. Thank you. And we, we haven't known you for very long, but no, even it feels in like a short time, yeah. we've seen you be able to reap the benefits of your amazing personality. And yeah. Thank you. I feel like so we've long. known like each other so much longer than we have because it feels so natural. Yeah. I remember the first time I met Sarah, I was like, we sat beside each other at a <laughs> bridal shower and I was like, I just love this woman. And we just chatted all night. Yeah. And I just instantly decided that she was just, I don't know. It was great. That was a really great first, like, I don't usually like to speak to new people. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it felt so natural. Yeah, it did. And hearing your story and everything, and yeah, you're you're a fantastic human. You too, (laughs) both of you. (laughs) Um, So our tradition, and I know you listen, so you know this tradition, (laughs) is to tell us a favorite book or... Uh, movie or song or TV show or what, whatever it is right now. What's okay. your favorite? Um, well, when it comes to book, actually, we'll start with movie. So my favorite movie is the, um, it's called About Time. And About Time. if you watch it, it, it has the, the girl that's in the notebook and this oh, it, yes. yeah, beautiful yeah. movie. Yeah. If you watch that movie, you'll be like, oh my gosh, this just like, this is so much like Francesca. Essentially, he goes back. He can go back in time and he can relive every day to see things twice. So the first time he lives his day, everything is just mundane. He doesn't think twice about who's making his coffee or the whatever. But the second time he goes back in the day, he takes a moment to go, thank you for my coffee. And he looks up and he goes, he can hear the birds chirping. The guy on the bus that has his music blasting, instead of him being annoyed, he just decides to rock out to it. And all of a sudden... The, the purpose of the movie is that by the end, you're not having to live your day twice. You just live it once, but you appreciate it the first time. Oh, that's cool. So <laughs> that movie, if any of you listening, definitely listen to that movie. Um, the book that, um, I'm actually surprised I didn't mention this, but I'll mention it now. Um, the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle changed my life this past year. It's actually the reason I became my solo agent. And it was actually a mentor of mine that gave me the book. Shame you like judge me. She always whips her phone out when people have book recommendations. She's like, I'm gonna put this back (laughs) into my Amazon cart so I can buy it. Yeah. So um, in this book by Glennon Doyle, um, there's a quote, and I'll just say it. She goes, um, "Never again will I ever stay in a room, institution, relationship, or office that will ever make me abandon a part of myself." Mm. She talks about how she's like, "I believe myself now, so I will not stay voluntarily, silently, or." for much longer and essentially the um, analogy that she used is that she was in this yoga class and it was really hot and she doesn't know why she stayed as long as she did but when the class was had ended she zoomed out the door and she had to like throw up because she couldn't handle the heat and she always thought to herself why did I stay the door wasn't even locked Mm 
Mm. And so oftentimes we'll find ourselves in situations where we we think that we're stuck. We think that there's no movement, but it, the door is not locked. It's our choice to open it. And so I was in a situation about a year ago in business where I just, I loved where I was, but it didn't feel like the right fit. And when my ment- one of my mentors gave me that book, I read that quote because she talked about, she goes, um, I just remembered that the sun is, oh, because she talks about picking up her mat and slowly, deliberately and lately walking out of the room while sending everybody, you know, love that are meant to stay there for whatever portion of time to know, like, I think she said, she's like, for whoever's meant to stay in the room to know what like love and freedom is and what love and freedom is not. She's like, you guys, that's your turn. She's like, but it's my turn to slowly and deliberately and lightly walk out. But she goes, I just remembered that the sun is shining, the breeze is cool, and these doors are not even locked. So when you read that book, what Glennon Doyle embodies essentially is that no part of your life you're ever going to be stuck in. Um, whether you're in a relationship, a marriage, a business partnership, or whatever it is, um, you know, every part of your journey is special, but just recognizing that if something, if you're not truly happy, there's nothing stopping you from living your best life but yourself. Just wow. open the door and walk out. That is crazy. That's yeah. wicked. So those yeah, are my super powerful. movie and book for you. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Yeah. This um, is a very moving episode. Right? <laughs> we did get like... In a deep. short period of time, we got deep. Deep. Yeah. I felt that was like really heavy. Yeah. I had goosebumps listening to <laughs> all of us talking. Um, tell everybody where they can find you professionally and if you want personally, but if not, doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> so, my, yeah, essentially, uh, you can find me on Instagram if you just type in Francesca. Um, I think my handle is like Fresca Amante because my name is way too long in Italian. <laughs> uh, so, Fresca Amante is my personal Instagram. And then I have my Amante real estate page on Instagram. Um, and then, yeah, essentially, pretty much wherever you find Sarah and Shay doing JCI or community things, typically you won't find me too far from them. Yep. Um, but other than that, um, I'm also, yeah, you'll find me at the development or anywhere in the real estate world but i'm only a phone call away i would love to connect super thanks again so much for coming thank you very very much for for coming this was awesome yeah Yeah. thank you both for having me it was honored to be here (laughs) stay hip 